0: episode of go in perspective uh we are continuing with season four and today we have a special episode because we are reunited with the duo from eugene we got lily with us today who is probably the only person that really understood me in eugene shout out everybody else but you know at least <laughs> the duo um but yeah so lily was uh, part of the main squad back in my first year of college over in eugene at the university of oregon uh, since then, I have done a lousy job of keeping up, but here we are today on this episode, reuniting, talking up, catching up, uh, which should be very interesting. Uh, so, Lily, thank you for joining me.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I think yeah. this is going to be really fun.
0: This should be fun. This, I think this will be a good time. Uh, so, as far as interests go, this probably wasn't the best one, but... I'll hand it over to you to kind of like introduce yourself to the audience, kind of let people know who you are and what you're up to, I guess.
1: Um just like a brief synopsis of my life.
0: Sure. Yeah, why not? All right,
1: cool. <laughs> the profile. The profile. Um, what's up? Um I'm Lily. Um I as Henry said, I was part of the main group back in Eugene at the University of Oregon. Henry's only there for a year. I I was there for two years until I eventually transferred to Goshen College in Goshen, Indiana, which is a small liberal arts school, um, which is where I am now, which is where I'm coming to from currently. Reporting
0: live from Indiana. Yeah, reporting
1: live from Goshen, Indiana, Elkhart (laughs) County. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so that's where I'm at. You know what's funny?
0: You know, it's funny. Are we the only two people that transferred out from that group?
1: Mm, let me No, Claire also went back. Oh, that's to right. Georgia.
0: Yep. That's mm-hmm. right. Claire left to Georgia. I'm yeah. thinking like, I'm pretty sure that whole group stuck uh, stuck in Eugene. They, they're they making it happen. Yeah,
1: right? most of them. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, okay. I don't know about. There's a few girls that were in our group. I'm assuming that they stayed because they joined sororities
0: ah so i
1: assume that they are still there
0: good old Um, greek life i hear there's a lot going on with greek life right now oh
1: g -G. (laughs) it is bad well okay i shouldn't say that because i don't want any like greek life people on my ass but um (laughs) like um from what i hear there is a lot of covid happening at the university of oregon uh proportionally it's not that much just because it's a massive campus but all the covid that's happening is mostly linked to greek life and greek parties which i can't say i am super surprised by
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah i think it was joy actually that i saw on instagram she shared an account that's literally all about like people coming out and like comf- like quote unquote confessing about stuff that they've seen during quarantine mm-hmm. and like numerous of those confessions are like we surrounding Greek life and like how people are still throwing parties and like um, I the, the amount it. of people and then the no mass and all this stuff like yeah I don't know what's going on there like they definitely have some stuff to to deal with but me and you are no longer part of U of o, so that is their problem shout yeah. out U of O <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Good luck, ducks. good luck
0: y'all <laughs> ggs buddies
1: GGs. <laughs> Yeah. but
0: but yeah so we had our we had our moments during that first year and then you obviously got two years of experience at the UFO. wow um, mm-hmm. i think i i enjoyed my time there for sure i think it's definitely a good moment that i look back on um every once in a while um but yeah so as Lisa. oh yeah
1: i loved eugene like i had such a good time um it just got big you know it felt big all of a sudden and i you know yeah i needed yeah. something smaller so i left
0: it's and yeah and it and it's it's uh funny that you bring up the whole like um you know how we were talking about uh, before the podcast started this whole like issue of like the environment aspect right um because uh i was like stuck on the on the fact that you mentioned that like that first year we had our group right and so in a sense like we really didn't get to see just the scope or the magnitude of how big that school really was right um because we had that support group there right we had the people in the arc who you know we all got along together and even
1: just our like dorm community was so small and so tight like like it
0: was yeah like it was a community within a community right like essentially like everybody in that in the dorm like basically knew each other or knew of each other yeah. Um, the and there was always least. something going on yeah there was always something going on even the small things right like i think back um because i i always have uh conversations with like um people that i bump into of like oh you know how's your college experience been so far um and like with the dorm aspect of things, like obviously you know there's like um, there's some people that have a great time in the dorms. There's the whole roommate fiasco that people love talking about. Where like sometimes you get a bad roommate, sometimes you don't. Shout out Howard, but, Howard. <laughs> but Hard um, guy. but when but when I talk about my experience, I realized how like how much that community was there that I were like in a sense, kind of just like. Took for granted because I thought that it was just something that like, you know, just comes with the dorm stuff with the dorm life. Um, but I didn't realize how often people like struggle with the dorm life of like not being able to make friends or like there just isn't a community there. So you have to look for friends elsewhere. Um, but like we had that community going for such a like for basically the whole year, right? We would always like meet up outside in the lounges. There was always something going on where people were like getting together to go places um even like going for food people would like like hey i'm going here you guys want to come with yeah sure and like you know we had that little group that would tag along everywhere so it's it's crazy looking back on it now
1: and well i think we really set ourselves up for success just by signing up for the arc you know like it's pretty well assumed if you sign up for a social justice arc (laughs) that you're gonna be (laughs) with like like like-minded people for the most part um yeah and so like You know, and I did that to myself on purpose because I was like, I need to live with like, I need to know there are people around me that feel similarly to me, at least a little bit, you know, so I can be somewhat comfortable, you know, first time away from home. I need some reassurance. So, yeah, yeah, we really set ourselves up to get along with our community and especially our living community since we got to live together.
0: Yeah, that's that's very true. You're right. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess now looking back on it, do you think that like um so obviously the, so for those people that, that aren't aware, uh, the University of Oregon does mm-hmm. this things where they have uh, what they call residential like uh, academic residential communities, which is ARC for short. Um, and usually those are revolve around a certain theme or topic. Um, and the people that join those arcs then have um, a designated group that they take one class a term i believe it is um for the whole year with that particular group and then they have a class outside of that that they share with the group which is more so of a discussion for a year long that like you just come up with different projects different things are thrown at you and you kind of have like that sense of community that is formed uh, which I think I haven't heard much from other schools that have something similar to that. But I think like that is for sure one of those things that I did really like that the U of O did, that they provided that. Because I don't remember talking to somebody that didn't enjoy their ARC, right? Like we had the social media people with us. We had the art people. I think there's a Native American ARC as well. Um, and usually everybody that I talked to about ARC seemed to enjoy the ARC that they were a part of.
1: Yeah, I really valued the whole ARC system and it was fun having like events with other arcs as well and yeah talking to people about what arc they're in and like what which building is that in and like you know that kind of stuff was really fun
0: yeah it was a good time for sure um Mm -hmm. and i think let's see my i don't know if i already asked the question but um i don't think you did i didn't ask the question did i, I just kind of said i have a question and then i went to my whole speech. <laughs> but <laughs> do you think so based so based on the experience that we had like i guess did the experience that we have reflect the experience you thought you were gonna have going into that arc
1: uh-uh. i think yes i say i would say yes and then more even because i i was really excited to move away i grew up in um can be Oregon. So not that far away from Eugene. And um I was really excited to move away and like kind of do my own thing at the U of O. Um, so you know, I didn't really have a whole lot of like negative thoughts about what was gonna happen when I went away to college. And a part of that was having signed up for the ARC, I kind of ensured I was like, okay, like these are gonna be people that I get along with, that I at least live with. And so like that'll be good and blah, blah, blah. And it was awesome. Like we had our little friend group. We all went out together and hung out and like, you know, we also all had friends outside of the arc, which I also think is really valuable. We pulled some people in, um, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved it so much. So that, yeah, I don't know. It was awesome. And it was great for, um, from a career perspective as well. Um, like getting to know Noah and, um, the other professors at the law school, Mm -hmm. I think is going to be really valuable for someone like me who wants a career in social justice. Um, Uh Right. Like the, I think that'll be, and that kind of thing has done wonders for um, our good friend, Joy, who um, has made tons of connections starting with the arc and then moving on from like, she has her own like special interests and um, obviously things that happened not through the arc, just because of her own brilliant, ability to find cool (laughs) things to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um but um yeah like because of starting with the arc she had connections to a bunch of these things um that i think will be valuable just for a long time
0: so yeah for sure definitely yeah i think Mm i i think i agree with you in that sense um in that it definitely was more than i expected i think the experience I don't I don't think I had an experience in terms of like uh like in mind, like especially going into it. Um like I just kinda signed up to be part of the arc uh because of the whole social justice aspect thing. Um I think they like kind of t- like told us what classes we could expect and like mm-hmm. seeing that we were prob- probably gonna take some long classes, because at the time that was an interest of mine. I was like, okay, well then you know, that's my chance, you know, that's my chance to get into uh, the whole law school and like figure out stuff, start making some connections early um, because that was the path that I had set out for. And then having the actual experience, uh, I mean, now I, I don't like the law interest is still definitely there, but it's not exactly what I'm studying for. But being part of that group kind of allowed me to express my interest and explore other interests that I had. And I think it was in a, in a manner that like, you know, I definitely value for sure, because it's like you said, we were able to collaborate with one another and also get inspiration from one another because like you mentioned right like like our good friend joy like she was out here always usually up to something and seeing (laughs) that (laughs) (laughs) and and seeing that would always be like in the back of my mind made me think like shoot you know i have to have something going on too or you know like so and so is doing this like i need to you know go out here and do something too or Mm -hmm. like I had this project going on, and so other people were like, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. I should come up with something like that, too, right? Like, we were able to inspire each other, and I think um, collaborate and work with one another in a sense that, like, you know, really progressed things for a lot of us, right?
1: In every sense of the word. Like, it was just really fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then uh, the art, and then that year wraps up, the arc ends, uh, everybody starts going off their merry way, and I left U of O. You stayed at U of O. Yeah. And that's when things for you became a different story.
1: Yes. We flipped the script a little bit. So yeah, my we next year, I lived in, I told you this already before the podcast, but um I lived in some apartments really close to campus. Um, Joy and I, who we were talking about, lived together with two other roommates. And overall honestly we had a great time um but it was then without the support of the arc that i in like really being a full adult <laughs> like um <laughs> that i was like wowza this is really big and i feel really small and it really scared me but i mean i made it through the year just fine like i got good grades and you know everything was cool um But I definitely, yeah, that's that's what made me make the decision to move was feeling like a small fish in a giant pond.
0: Right. Mm It was the realization. Uh, again, we talked about this before the podcast. The realization that like, um, the environment just wasn't gonna work for you. Yeah. Right. Um, it
1: wasn't serving me anymore as much as I needed it to.
0: I guess uh, to kind of like ask something. What was what was the main reason for you wanting to go to the U of O? Oh, do you remember?
1: <laughs> uh, yes. It's not very inspiring. Um, money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I. Uh-huh. Um,
1: yeah. I actually, every other school I applied to was in California, ah. and um, I was chasing the sun. I grew up in Oregon my whole life, and
0: I was <laughs> you were tired. Like, I'm tired of the, the rain. rain. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, clouds. I'm <laughs> not for you. Of <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I applied to a bunch of schools in California and I got into all of them, which is awesome, but um, they did not give me enough scholarships. So U of O was by far the cheapest option. Um, And it was still like pretty close to home, but far enough away that I could do my own thing. I had grown up, my dad is a huge duck fan. I was a huge duck fan. So that helped. (laughs) I was pretty familiar already with Eugene and most of the campus just for like, um going to duck games my whole life before that so right. it was the cheapest choice and a comfortable choice and so yeah
0: so that was that was the decision that that yeah. was so that led to the decision of going there that's interesting
1: yeah. i think
0: <laughs> i have I have a similar story too, where like i kind of there wasn't really any reason for me to go to the ufo like <laughs> on my end at least mm-hmm. like i think it just worked <laughs> out to the in the sense that like um uh, it was a school that was well known um my family recognized that school friends were all like oh you know that's the school to go to and so i guess those just those things just kind of contributed to me going there um and i think under different circumstances ufo definitely would have worked out for me Uh, but obviously i left for family reasons my whole plan was to come back to the ufo after that year away from ufo um i that's when i set out and did the transfer that was the plan then after having the year at psu i just realized that a lot of things in terms of the environment outside of the arc weren't really going to work for me at ufo um so i, I connect connected you in that sense when you were telling me that that like um you you kind of got the magnitude of things after we left the arc just because that arc itself was a smaller community that you know really didn't in a sense like Shielded us, I guess, is a good word. Uh, shielded us from everything else, right? Like we we had our own community, and we didn't really need to venture out of it.
1: We did, um, as like individuals, which is really awesome. Um, like we all ventured out in our own ways. Like I was getting involved with the outdoor program, um, mm-hmm. and you know, other people were like, some people joined Greek life, or were doing sports, or whatever. Um, so we all branched out in our own individual sense, but then when we lost our like core of the arc, it was harder to um, to stay together in that way. But I should note that a lot of people did stay together and like are still really good friends. Like,
0: yeah. jo-
1: for example, like Joy and Joey, and I all, you know, we all still hang out, and mm-hmm. um, I think that's true for a lot of other people from the arc as well. So, so it did work out, but it definitely got harder sophomore year when we all lived far away and we were all doing our own things with our various extracurriculars, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You
0: know, mm-hmm. We all chased our interests, right? We all at the end decided to um, pursue what we intended to pursue, I guess, in the sense from the beginning, um, yeah. which worked out for some people, didn't work out for others. And yeah. we're here. Here we are. But no, Hence, nonetheless, we, are. we made it. <laughs> nonetheless we made it right um so that's school i guess in a sense that was interesting <laughs> talk about school <laughs> uh-huh. i think old uh, school our old school right there you go our old school again shout out to ufo yeah get shout out to
1: ufo get, get ducks baby. together
0: <laughs> um but let's see so besides school i guess on the career sense of things um what are wait? now that i think about it what are you majoring in Lily? <laughs>
1: I am a peace justice and conflict studies major with a minor in, um, international studies. And then actually, before I left U of O, I'd completed my minor in legal studies as well. So I've got that.
0: Ah, so you were able to snatch that before you left. I
1: really, I really snatched it up right before I left. <laughs> I went Finesched to Noah's your office. way. No, dead ass. I went to Noah's office and I was like, Noah was the, um, the leader of our arc. And, um, an academic advisor for a lot of us because he knew the ins and outs of all the ufo minor stuff so i went to him and i was like how do i complete i'm leaving how do i complete this before i go and get credits that will count for where i'm going that will count at goshen and so we worked it all out so that i could snatch up that minor right before i bounced (laughs) so it was good (laughs)
0: Well, that's good mm. yeah because again, you've mentioned that you want that you're chasing something in uh, to do with social justice right but there is yeah. but is there something specifically in mind that you have?
1: Not necessarily. I used to be really set on um international nonprofit specifically, which mm-hmm. I would still really like to do. I think that the way um we don't have to get too far into this because it's an entire thesis but <laughs> um i think that the way we do um international nonprofit work especially foreign aid is really shitty <laughs> it's really the worst um and very imperialistic and um yeah and i think it perpetuates a lot of the issues that we're trying to solve mm-hmm. um and that countries are trying to solve for themselves um, and so, yeah, I really wanted a career where I could work in that field to rework some of the ways we do that, which I'm still really interested in. But especially with COVID, I've really been able to look at more of what's going on in the US and how important that is, and how a lot of things. Go overlooked because of our, the reputation that we build for ourselves as, um, as such like a superpower country, however you want to define that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, just a lot of things, a lot of people that are getting that are overlooked, and yeah, so I think it'd be good for me to explore a career in domestic nonprofit work. As well. Um, Specifically, I'm interested in um, Appalachia. There's a lot of poverty in that area um, that's like very, really severe. There's some really good documentaries about it and um, some books and stuff. So, yeah, I think that would be interesting. Um, As well as, I think uh, indigenous people in the US don't get hardly any attention or any help and yeah so those are the things that i would like to look into and possibly do for a career <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm exploring all my options
0: yeah and yeah. That's, the, that's the best you can do right you know, you gotta mm-hmm. you you got to explore so that you create options so that when it comes time to go all in, in that career you can uh Get the option A to choose something that you really want to do, but also just have the option, right? Not feel like you're forced to down a certain path because you know of how things worked out.
1: Yeah, because especially, especially right now, the way first of all, the way that COVID is and the way that politics are, it is going to be a lot more challenging to do international work. Which, truthfully, is where my biggest interest is, and as of right now, most of my expertise is in international work like that's really what I've been studying Mm -hmm. um but if I end up doing something else something domestic I want to like that too you know I don't want to do something else and be like oh I wish I could be you know abroad doing this this like if I end up doing something domestic I want to like it and have interest in it so I've been exploring those options as well to see to see what's up
0: yeah, no, for sure that that makes a lot of sense, right? You mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to be here, like you said, you wouldn't want to be here wishing you were somewhere else, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so th- and and that makes that makes complete sense. It's really, it's super understandable. I think it's also valuable on your part to like chase after something that you genuinely want to do because it'll show right? it'll show especially in the work that you want to do of um, helping other people out and advocating it'll, it'll display itself if you're genuinely interested in doing that or if you have interest elsewhere you know it, it'll be a reflection of I guess the work that you put in if that like if
1: you sense. want to be doing something else and you're doing aid work of any kind it will show and it will not only would it feel bad to you, for someone as an employee, like it not only would it feel bad like myself wishing to be somewhere else, it will literally like potentially could hurt, like impact other people's lives in a very in a negative way. If you're not doing your job right because you don't like it, like there are people's livelihoods on the line. Like you can't afford to hate your job <laughs> if you're in that field, you know? So right.
0: yeah. yeah. And that makes sense. Um, I guess to ch- to use this as a transition into COVID, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Because <laughs> we've obviously all gotten affected. Uh, by oh him. yeah. But I think to change things up for once, because usually I'll ask, I'll still ask you actually, in like what what's the most drastic change that COVID did uh had on your everyday life?
1: On my everyday life, well, actually, I have kind of a crazy story for you about it. So. Right um spring semester of last year i was in tanzania for a study abroad program um and i was at the time living with a at the time when covid really started to freak people out so like mid-march right yeah march Uh like 13th or something like that
0: in those two weeks that the world that when we yeah the two
1: weeks where we all just freaked out um right So during that time, within those two weeks, whenever that was, um, I was living with a host family in Mugumu, Tanzania, which is a rural town um, in in the western, the north. Sorry, I can't talk. (laughs) The (laughs) northwesternmost region of Tanzania is where I was living, Mm -hmm. and um, I was supposed to be there. For I was supposed to be in Mugumu for another week and in, um, then in Zanzibar for another week after that. And we kind of knew that COVID, we, um, all the other students on my trip, I was by myself in Mugumu, but um, I was in communication with other students from my program um, uh-huh. throughout the region, throughout the country. And um, we knew that coronavirus was getting kind of bad because we could see it in Tanzanian news, But none of our Swahili was that good. So like (laughs) we only kind of knew how bad it was. Um
0: You only understood the dangerous sign going on. Right. I
1: understood warning, (laughs) prohibited. Flashing (laughs) lights, it makes sense. Yeah. Hospital, doctor, that sort of thing. So (laughs) um, right. And okay, this is kind of a sidebar, but in Tanzania, it was really cool. The um The way that they advertised stuff like, hey, Corona's getting bad. Maybe you should be concerned was through music videos. Oh, they had like. The government or the TV companies, I don't know who is in charge of that in Tanzania, but um, they made music videos about like coronavirus and how like we need to wash our hands. Coronavirus is happening. um, Be aware of it you know, don't visit others too much, that sort of thing. They had music videos for, and there was a series of like two or three of them that would play in the commercials, like during commercial time of the news or whatever they were watching. Huh? So that was really cool. I loved that. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome.
0: You're in the uh, middle of programming and then a COVID music video pops up. like.
1: Yeah. COVID music <laughs> video back to the news. Yeah. It was awesome. So, Oh, sorry. I'm taking so long to tell you this. We were um gosh, we were all in our host placements and it was like the 10th of the 12th and we were like oh corona is getting really bad um the US is sending peace corps volunteers home that was our first sign that oh shoot this is going downhill quick so we were all just waiting for the email that we were going home finally two days later we got an email that was like you're going home tomorrow pack your bags meet here and then we needed to take a series of like three flights to get to the u.s so we're like okay well shit here we go (laughs) and um yeah it was crazy so we packed up all of our stuff and our poor host families we had to say goodbye so fast after like building these relationships with them it was so sad
0: <laughs> that must have been tough like hey thank y'all for hosting us for three weeks but peace out
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. i was supposed to be here for a lot longer but uh, i'll see you later yeah so we packed up and um we took a bus to musoma on the way there our bus broke down and we thought that we were going to be late for our other bus in musoma which meant that we couldn't get on the plane to get to dar es Salaam, and so we like thought we were going to be stuck in Tanzania because also all the airports were shutting down and our flights, our flights had um, switched like four times already. And so we couldn't afford to have it switch another time because if it kept switching, they were switching because airports were shutting down. It meant that we were going to get stuck basically. So we were like, Oh, we were so freaked out, but eventually, okay. We made it on time and we eventually got out of the country and everything was fine. But it was really scary because while we were making these plans, we were supposed to fly through Amsterdam, but Europe absolutely shut down all of their airports, so we couldn't fly through Europe anymore. And especially because we were coming from Tanzania. So we had to reroute everything Like while we were traveling. It was just such a disaster. That was the most that COVID affected me, for sure, was just traveling and just trying to leave as fast as I, as fast as you can. Um, Yeah. So that was pretty wild, but I made it clearly. Here you are. Everything turned out (laughs) fine. Yeah. (laughs) So.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we have, reporting live today, we have a special guest, a survivor from the COVID uh, (laughs) (laughs) emergency mask.
1: (laughs) Oh, and it was also crazy because that was before we knew that masks were going to be the new thing, you know? Mm -hmm. This was like the very, very beginning of COVID time. Right, So we had like medical masks, but we were like hearing rumors that oh masks don't work because they if you catch if the virus it gets on your mask then your then the virus is just closer to your face so it's not gonna you know we didn't know what to do so we weren't wearing masks but we had hand sanitizer and like (laughs) at what we thought was the peak of the coronavirus lol to that am i right Um, (laughs) at what we thought was going to be the peak of the coronavirus we saw the inside of
0: yeah (laughs) i know you called it
1: i called it yeah absolutely not. But at what we thought was the peak of the coronavirus, I saw the inside of five international airports. (laughs) I was like, this is, it was so scary and just so stressful. We also lost passports along the way. Like, my friend lost her passport and flights were getting canceled. It was just a disaster, honestly. (laughs) Full disaster mode. But here I am.
0: But here you are. It'd be like
1: that. It'd be like that. Yeah. it's crazy that
0: you bring that up because I do remember that I do remember when I when everything was first shutting down that the airports were closed, they were closing and Trump was mm-hmm. like nobody's getting in nobody's leaving and that was like it feels like it was so it was so long ago but
1: well I mean, was. Comp- that was like it was it was now a couple ago. months
0: ago yeah but it feels even longer than that just because of mm-hmm. how covid has worked out and all this you know yeah. like, the peak is still going so clearly you still like- it <laughs>
1: Oh God. It was literally like maybe March 14th or 15th that I was like in Dubai international airport and I was like, I am going to catch the coronavirus. Like everyone here has COVID. I'm in an international airport. This is the peak of the virus. I like I'm so freaked out. But if I make it
0: home, it, I have made it. <laughs> yeah,
1: seriously. But, like, looking back on it, I was I would have been way safer staying in Tanzania than coming back to the U.S., dude.
0: Like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you probably would have.
1: <laughs> yeah. But
0: like the odds the, of somebody getting over there compared to here, very, like, minimal compared to here.
1: Well, and especially in a place like Tanzania, what's really interesting about Tanzania with the coronavirus specifically is that people don't normally, like, travel that much. People travel a lot within the, like, region that they're already in. So, like, people go over to each other's houses all the time. Like, it's very friendly. People are always visiting each other. There's always parties and that sort of thing. But no one is ever, like, very rarely, like, Mugumu, the town I was in, nobody ever leaves Mugumu. Hardly ever. Like, there's really no, and, like, these people really, they don't have a reason to, you know? Like, everything they ever need is right there. They're chilling. Like, they might go visit somewhere one time but like other than that you know they don't really need to so they don't leave so my town the town I was in Mugumu has only had a total of 10 cases this whole entire time which is awesome (laughs) it makes me feel so good because I'm well I'm just glad that my host family was able to avoid all of that
0: yeah, that's good. I'm glad I'm glad things worked out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Wish I could say the same thing about us. Um, uh, but it'd be, yeah. it'd be like that. Like, speaking of which, actually, I'll, I haven't actually asked anybody this question yet um, or what they think about it. But I, st- I remember I was seeing some articles and, uh, a while ago, and I kind of just dismissed them because I was like, ah, they raise a fair point. But, like, is it really true? And I started seeing a resurgence of them on this particular topic. And this idea that instead of doing like, that, the U.S. instead of doing everything possible to to stop COVID and, and you know and and end it, has instead adapted to it, and <laughs> and adapted in the sense that, oh well, you know who cares if COVID's still around? We'll just you know it's we'll, we'd rather get used to masks than try to pre- like prevent it from spreading even f- like uh. F- for fully trying to prevent it from spreading further, or trying to find a cure for it. It's like, we've all just kind of settled with this notion that COVID is going to be here, so we might as well get used to living with it, rather than we can get rid of COVID, and we should get rid of COVID, and then continue our lives. What do you think about that?
1: I totally agree. I think that's what's been happening. And I think that's crazy. Like I think that's insane. Like, why would we do that if we don't have to you know what I'm saying but I think it has a lot to do with this mm, well okay I should preface this with saying that I don't know if I have the right language to talk about this in a in the right way uh-huh. <laughs> in a way that <laughs> makes me sound like I know what I'm talking about right but it's fine um but anyway with that in mind <laughs> um disclaimer <laughs> yeah, disclaimer. Um I don't know if I have the language for this, but um Oh shoot, now I've lost what I was going to say. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, never mind. Um I think that part of American culture is doing whatever you have to do all the time regardless. So it's this idea of Like when we were younger, I don't know if your parents like this, but mine were, unless you had a fever or you're throwing up, you're going to school. Like (laughs) if you kind of don't feel good, you're going to school still. And I think it's that idea that is very ingrained into us or like having to be productive all the time. There's no Mm -hmm. room to stay home for two weeks. We don't have room for that. Like you have to be producing something no matter what. And so when institutions decide that that's the way it's going to be for example um colleges then it gives individual a lot less of a choice in the matter um yeah. and i choose colleges as an example because once the college decides that you have you being the student if the college decides that you are doing in person classes and you are um, continuing with school and sports and everything as normal if you're a student with scholarships most scholarships um, will renew every for renew every year for 4 years you have to go to school like if the college decides that is face to face time like you have to go because if your scholarship runs out like you can't take a year off or you're not going to have a scholarship anymore yeah. and So then, you're forced to continue as normal, whether you want to or not. And I think that's just crazy. And I think that's why people are like, well, this is it now. Here we go, regardless of who it affects and, um, you know, whatever. Because I think truly, in American culture also, there's this, obviously, hierarchy hierarchy of people and especially like this very ableist attitude where like well if you could if you can't produce something like you you know don't need to be here anyways so like mm-hmm. if you get corona and you're not being productive like why should we care about you you're not producing anything it doesn't matter you know it's very obviously very problematic and very harmful but i think all of those things are connected and are being shown to us in corona time. Yeah. So that's yeah, that definitely. on that.
0: <laughs> I think I I think you I think that's a solid point. You're right. You know, it's our it's the culture. It's the American mm-hmm. culture. It's that, that will American be our way. downfall. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is it. We have predicted this this the spike that Lily predicted is still going on because of our american culture. <laughs> you heard it here first.
1: You heard it here first, folks.
0: The end times are near. Take cover.
1: <laughs> oh god. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now for sure, RIP. I think that makes sense. I think that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um mm-hmm. it just it's the nature of how we react to things and I think that's why sometimes it's uh, like we get, on a na- on an international level, that's the ridicule, right? I think because of of the actions that people see from our country and in a sense though it's the the same ridicule is also part of the identity of the united states which is interesting for sure because when you look at the the international conversation that's being had right it's it always comes back to the u.s is just not doing a good job right like i think canada just shut its borders again with us right like you can't go to canada anymore, um again and yeah. And part of it and 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 it's always that conversation of like the united states just is not doing a good enough job and that inspires other countries to not want to do a good job too because i think we forget that you know a lot of a lot of the times people love saying you know like we're um what is it is it first world country and you know we're we're a role model to other countries etc we some people are preaching that but then they forget that like all of our actions are looked upon. And this is one of them. Like,
1: what we do is very important. It's not just... We have, I think, a tendency to think that it's all about us. Um, Americans are always very centered, obviously, in their own conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, white, straight, cis, male Americans, as we know. Um, mm-hmm. But, like... It's very centered around that. And we forget that our actions have not only a national effect, but an international effect as well.
0: Yeah, solid way of putting it.
1: Thank
0: you. <laughs> Round of applause, really. What a, Thank
1: you. Thank you, everybody.
0: What, what a great, what a great statement. <laughs> truly, truly the best of us. Truly the best of us. <laughs> oh,
1: Henry. <okay. laughs> Don't right. flatter well- me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I think uh, I think we did a good job of covering all our bases. Um, let's oh, see. good. We had we had <laughs> the conversation about school. We got into your um, social justice career and what you would like to do with that. We used that as a perfect transition into COVID. You gave us the wonderful story about Tasmania. Uh, Taz- yeah. Shout did out. Did that, to
1: that make any sense when I was? Saying things, I felt like when I was talking, I felt like I didn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> it made sense. It made sense. It was very descriptive. Okay, you're a solid storyteller. Congrats. Good oh, job. thanks.
1: Good. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, and you and you reminded me of everything that happened. Then I told totally, like I like I said, I totally forgotten about the airport shutting down and all that. It was stuff.
1: yeah, it was crazy. Well, and also like you know, if you're not using airports that regularly, you don't if you don't happen to be in like. In another right. country while that's happening, it doesn't like matter that much. You know, you're like, eh, OK. Yeah. Boo hoo. I can't go to Palm Springs Boo-hoo. for spring break. Like, exactly who cares? Yeah.
0: Boo hoo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <Boo-hoo>.
1: right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when you're me and you're in rural Tanzania. Right. Um, And Europe is starting to close. It gets a little spooky.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's up in the air. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we had actually. Um, there was another group, another um group of students on their study abroad in Ecuador, and they did get stuck. Yeah, Oof. they were actually stuck for an extra, like two weeks. I think they were just on lockdown at some random resort in, um, Ecuador.
0: A resort. Well, I, I yeah. mean, well.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> well. We <say> <laughs>
0: Uh resort. Like it's really out. a hotel, Like a two-week but... vacation.
1: <laughs> well, Top. but it's extra bad because um oh that's what we all thought too. We're like, oh, they're chilling. They're in a tropical country at a hotel. You know, we don't need to worry yeah. about them too much. They'll get out of there eventually, no big deal. They got
0: their drinks but with a little umbrella.
1: They're yeah, exactly. The um the hotel was like outside of the city where the airport was, and the city shut its borders down which is also where all the food is. So all the food at the hotel was starting to rot. There was like a shortage of food. They had to like, the leaders had to like somehow get into the city. They had to like, I don't know how they convinced somebody to let them back in or how that worked out, but they convinced someone to let them back into the city, bought a bunch of food, had to figure like they were considering, are we going to have to ration this out? Or like, how do we, it was a huge thing. It was scary. And I wasn't even a part of it and I was like scared for them.
0: <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Getting stranded, especially in a country that you're not too familiar with. Very yeah. very scary for sure.
1: Very spooky.
0: <sighs> well, I think um I think we've arrived right at the end of the conversation. Uh, All like right. I said, I feel like we covered our bases. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's time we start wrapping this up. So, at the very end of my episodes, Lily, what I'd love to do is give my uh, guest a quick 30-second window to basically promote, shout out, plug, do whatever you want to say, um, and really just take over the, the episode. So, feel free to take your window of opportunity, Lily.
1: <laughs> well, truthfully, I don't have a whole lot to plug. Um, follow me on Instagram, at LilyRoseF just like it sounds all lowercase um you can follow me on tiktok at cloud salad um i make some pretty good content that's a lie it's shitty content but it's a good time <laughs> um. <laughs> it's all for fun it's all for fun and yeah i don't know if you're an employer and you like what i have to say um reach out <laughs>
0: Well, wow, that's, that's a that's, sol- we that's a solid one. I don't think that, that is so. I just that is a great. I've never thought about doing that. Yep. You know what? If you've ever listened to an episode of mine and you're an employer, uh, hit my DMs. That's all I'm saying. Yeah.
1: That, feel free to slide into the DMs. Henry has my number. Yeah. 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 You just shoot me an email. I got know. you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that makes dude oh my god what a plug that was another round of applause really another round of applause out right here, here hustling thanks. looking hustling. for a job
1: I'm what a hustle
0: <laughs> what a gal what a gal
1: yeah <laughs> well
0: there you have it hit up it was nice Play. talking
1: to you yeah it was
0: great it was great talking to you i enjoyed mm-hmm. our catch-up um yeah I feel like we had some wisdom to provide obviously we were f- also f- like uh, future. What are they called? Future tellers, fortune tellers. Uh, since Lily was able to tell the psychic. future of the spike, yeah, it's like she's psychic. She was able yeah. to tell the spike of the coronavirus. Clearly, she called it correctly. It was back. She in called the
1: March. it correctly in mid March of last year. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're out here seeing the future, y'all. This is this is this is how we roll. Um, <laughs> but, but with that said, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed what we had to say, and we'll be back for another episode in a week. So stay tuned. And with that said, we hope you have a good day, night, evening, whatever it is where y'all are at. And we'll see you for the next episode. Peace out.